Taylor. Nice to see you. You too. It's the dynamic duo back at it again. Yes, indeed. Yeah. We've got a pretty fun episode this month. Very like casual. It's not too dense or anything with science and stuff. We're just sharing some like cool stories. Um, and if anyone's seen the blog that came out um, a few a few weeks ago now, but it's your sort of, we'll call it psychic experiences or maybe like synchronicities, potentially coincidences, but I think you and I have a few incidents in life where we're like, we're pretty comfortable saying like, it's just not a coincidence. So those are the ones we're going to share. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, it's hard for me now to not trust my gut based on yeah. some of the experiences yeah. I've had, right? Yeah. Like, I, I think that I've had like quite a lot of really compelling experiences, but there's only like a core like handful that I really feel like are like, no matter what science says, I'm like, these experiences cannot be explained, you know? It's just too many things that yes. line up in a totally uh, like way against um probable chance odds you know yeah so that's, those, that's those. the thing though i have some stories like that to tell tonight that are just like how there's yeah. no reasonable yeah. explanation for how the, all of these things align to make this thing happen now maybe it's just that the world is a beautiful crazy place and that's fine too but yeah it still makes for a good story yeah I always try to remind myself, I mean, there's a million times or a million days where things have not lined up at all. So, I mean, <laughs> the odds of something lining up in a crazy way in your lifetime, you know, are high, I guess, that it could happen once or twice. Yeah. And I do have, you know, two, maybe three stories that I think are like kind of crazy, you know, whether they're psychic dreams or a lot of them for me, they're really dream based. Um, but I've also had like strange synchronicities, too. I actually think that might be what deja vu is personally, like just based on my experience. Yeah. I, I know that feeling of deja vu. Right. But I've also I, I dream things like not anything important, just mm -hmm. mundane things and remember a lot of my dreams and then we'll see something that I've dreamt already and feel that deja vu feeling. So for me, I think that that's what deja vu is. I think that's probably what it is in a lot of cases. Yeah. yeah. It's just that familiarity. But you can't really place it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you've already dreamt about it or, or some sort of timeline thing, you know, thing, everything's happening simultaneously past, present, future, you know, so in some way you have already experienced everything and maybe certain moments were just more vivid, you know, were more uh, lucid than others about yeah. that fact, you know. Now, I know you have a very compelling dream related story. That is a, a dream celebrity encounter. Do you want to start with that since we're talking about dreams? Yeah, I'll start with that one. This story, this experience is weird. Yeah, because it involves a celebrity, involves my man, Robin Williams, Rip. Um, and it also involves like a really other, like a really weird other element that we don't, talk about but I would love to explore it one day more scientifically especially with proper resources and stuff but it's mutual dreaming um so we've sort of talked a little bit in blogs about things like shared psychosis like shared hallucinations or just weird ways that humans brains have connected with each other and there are experiences all over the world of people having mutual dreams which means basically sharing some similar elements or literally just being in a dreamscape together in a way that you can actually recall in real life the next day and compare details that you couldn't possibly have known mm -hmm. and you end up having them in common. So that happened to me that night. So not only did I have a prophetic dream, which I'll explain what was prophetic about it, but I also ended up finding out that my friend had that same prophetic dream that night at the same time as me. So it's like one of those things that that just makes it so much harder to explain. <laughs> Adding that extra layer, it's like... So I'll start from the beginning. Um, growing up, you might hear my dog. Yeah, because she's trying to play with my couch right now. She's like, that's that's okay. We're going to have a baby in here soon. So, you know, to, like, yeah, <laughs> my blanket. But. Real life. Yeah. So I've had I had had psychic dreams before this point, but it had been a few years. So I actually went to sleep kind of asking the universe for a psychic dream, kind of for fun. I just wanted to see if I still had it, you know? I was like, it's been years since I've had anything kind of weird happen. Just send me anything. It doesn't have to be important or anything. Just give me something just to give me a little, you know, 
there's still some mystery to the world, you know? So I went to sleep kind of thinking about that's what I wanted. And um, at the time, there was a, a friend of mine that I was really close with. He was a really close friend. We hung out almost every day, and we were kind of on the same on the same journey, spirituality wise. Really, just testing things for fun. So we were doing a lot of kind of studying together, a lot of meditational work together. We were like, you know, trying to read each other's minds. We were doing like exercises together a lot, you know, that type of thing. And and we had formed quite an intimate relationship because just working together so closely, like spiritually. Um, so I was pretty like linked with this person. We would finish each other's sentences sometimes and you could just tell that we spent a lot of time together and that we were just kind of connected. And um, so, yeah, I went to bed that night on my own, not, not with this person in my own house. And um, and my dream basically was that I was waiting at a bus stop, like a city bus stop, uh, but I had a letter in my hand that I needed to mail. And I was looking for one of those little mail like letter dumping things for the post office i was kind of scanning the streets of the neighborhood i was in for one because i needed to mail this before i got on the bus but i needed to catch that bus too i couldn't miss that bus i just had this sense of urgency of both of those things and so i kind of started moving away from the bus stop uh running up a street and i thought i saw like a post office at the end of it so i start running and i realize it is a post office so i'm running and I get to it and I plop the mail thing in and I'm running back, running back, trying to get to the bus stop. And the bus is starting to approach and I'm also still a ways away. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have to make this bus and I'm running and I kind of miss it. So I'm running alongside the bus. I'm like kind of waving to the driver, you know, and it stops and who opens the doors. But Robin Williams is the bus driver. And he says this really ominously, but he goes, you almost just missed me. And I was like, oh, I love doing flubber, you know, and I get, I get on the bus and I'm, I'm not, that's it, the dream's kind of ended, but the dream ended because I was getting a phone call in real life, buzzing in my bed before my alarm for work or whatever. So it was like early morning, this was like six or 7 a.m. Ringing, ringing, ringing until it finally wakes me up and I answer the phone all confused and like half asleep and it's my buddy. And um, he's like crazy. He's like, oh, you won't believe what what just happened. Like, oh, I had a dream and Robin Williams was a bus driver in my dream. And and, and I'm like thinking like, Robin Williams was a, I, he was a bus driver in my dream. <laughs> he's like, no, and he's dead. He's dead. And I'm like, what? No, he's not, not dead. And he's like, no, like in real life, like he was a bus driver. And then I woke up for work and I just saw online, like Robin Williams died last night he's dead. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm still waking up. And I'm like, I just had a dream. I, you have just woken me from a dream where Robin Williams was a bus driver. I'm like, what do you mean he's dead? I'm like trying to open my phone and like read the, the news and stuff. And I'm Googling things. And I found out like, like he's found dead. I'm like, what does this mean? Like, what? did Robin Williams come see me? Like at the moment his, before his soul went, he said, it almost just missed me. Like, <laughs> or was this just the universe giving me, showing me, a, you know, an image or something, just be like, hey, here's your sign or whatever. It's not really his soul, but, <laughs> you know, and like just sharing this, The our dreams were very similar. I don't think he had like the, the mailing a letter. Um, I think that was me just almost missing the bus. I think that's why that element had to be in there, I guess. But his was a school bus, I think, and mine was a city bus. Robin Williams was driving both of them, you know, so it's just like so weird. It's a bizarre coincidence if yeah. it's a coincidence, and right? No, yeah. And at the time that I went to bed, Robin Williams had not died yet. So there was no way that I had read anything about it before going to bed. It wasn't in our subconscious. Like, wow, that's crazy. So, yeah, so it was just a really strange experience. I've always kind of felt connected to Robin Williams since that. I don't know. It's like, I did love him in Flubber, but now I love him because. He came to visit me on the night he died, maybe. I don't know. So that was just kind of a crazy one. And it that you know, I woke up being like, uh yeah, thank you. That that'll do. That was that was <laughs> that was a sign. That was something. That's that's pretty crazy. Chaos has descended on my house, so if you hear background noise, that's why. But well, there's chaos. Uh, yeah, that's I mean, aside from something 
you know, I won't say supernatural, whatever, something we don't understand yet. Like, how do you even explain that? Someone that you've been working so closely with on like a spiritual journey. Yeah. Then having the exact same random dream yeah. on the same night just before he died. Like that's, that's, that's kind of cool, right? Yeah. The only ways that I, where I would begin to try to explain things, but that they don't really check out, but I would be like, were we in the room together where we could have been sleep talking to end up sharing a dream or did we maybe read before bed that Rod Williams died but at the time he wasn't dead yet you know so we checked that hmm. like I mean we kind of we checked all those things because we couldn't believe it because it was just yeah, crazy, of course. you know and we were both scientific we wanted to know how that could have happened I have never been able to explain it <laughs> at all you know and Plus, it's compiled with a lot of other experiences that I've had that I can't explain. So sometimes when you compile them, now you've got a bunch of stuff you can't explain. You start to think maybe something really is going on here. It's not just that one experience, right? Do you ever think about how not that long ago you and I both would have been like burned at the stake so fast your head would spin? Yeah. <laughs> I think about it a lot. <laughs> even at this time, just living somewhere else. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Yeah, different time, different place. We just happen to be in the, in the right zone for, for yeah. being weirdos. Uh, so I also have a celebrity, celebrity prophecy. <laughs> yeah. So years ago, we were going on a family trip to Ireland. And about six months before, I said to everyone that was going, I don't know why, but I know that we're going to meet that guy that plays Hodor on Game of Thrones so random. when we go on this trip. Like completely random. I'm not like a big fan. I don't even know his name. Like I still don't know his name. I forget. But I I just knew we were Is going. He Irish? Um, I don't know. Okay, so no, it was really just Maybe. A random feeling. Yeah. So I just I just had this overwhelming feeling. Like it wasn't even a feeling. It was like I know this is happening. And so you know, every every time we saw family members that were going with us, I'd be like, Yep, still gonna see him. Yeah, it's it's happening. And of course, they all thought I was crazy, and rightfully so. Like, that's a really weird, random thing to be saying. Mm -hmm. So, you know, six months of me saying this every time we're in the same space. And then we, uh, the day of our trip comes, we go to the Toronto airport, we walk up to our gate, and then there's this guy sitting there who looks an awful lot like the guy who plays Hodor. And yeah. I was like, hey. My, my sister-in-law's like, no, no, that's not him. Like, look, that guy has, like tattoos all over his face yeah. and the guy that plays Hoder doesn't like well I don't know like I don't like I I know how makeup works like it could still be him it looks exactly like him let's look it up yeah. and sure enough he oh. does indeed have star tattoos on his face it was it was him yeah. so I would have and my brother-in-law was like well, you had to have known I'm like how the hell would I know that six months in advance like that mm -hmm. specifically like that's there's sorry literally... paparazzi or anything at that point. no way i could have known i mean i barely even know the dude's name right yeah so <laughs> the weird thing know. is that you said it out loud i think that a lot a lot of people probably have moments like that but they don't say oh we're gonna run into it they just keep it like oh that's silly and they write it off in their head yeah. and it happens they're like oh i was i thought about that like weeks ago that it's gonna yep. happen you know see i do say <laughs> it out loud for that reason <laughs> <laughs> other people now you have validation because like yeah, yeah. Well, you did say that um it was because i've had so many of these experiences over the years that now i know to just trust myself so if i have a crazy thought yeah. i'm just gonna be like hey everybody should listen to my crazy thought yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'll maybe think i'm crazy until you won't though yeah exactly well you'd be like no oh, she's a genius she's not yeah. crazy <laughs> like, i don't know i do think everyone should be listening to their gut a little more though to be honest you know but for sure I think even scientists would agree and or doctors or whatever, you know, I, I think that you're like, there's like common sense. There's a lot of words that we give these things, instinct, intuition. Some of them are more, uh, we've scienceified them a little bit, you yeah. know, like um, your primal instincts, like that just makes it sciencey. Intuition makes it a little more magic-y, spiritual. It's, the, yeah. it's describing the same thing. And it's, you know, a thing that exists. I don't think that people in the scientific community would deny that we have some pretty incredible instincts that behave in ways that they probably logically, with the logic that we currently have, shouldn't. You know, we can't really explain the extent to which we can sometimes know things. 
have that bad feeling when we're in danger, you know, before we actually have any clues around us that we're in danger, you know, it's just this integral part of us. And that's what kind of makes it paranormal because we can't fully explain it yet. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things like that, like the placebo oh. effect. I mean, that's widely accepted by doctors and stuff. We know the placebo effect exists. It's basically magic because <laughs> we have. This no tells idea. you what the power of the mind is like, right? Yeah. yeah, we have no idea how to really explain it or measure it or why it happens. So I think it's just one of those things. Like, call it psychic if you want, but really, I think it's just an innate human thing. Some people are more tuned into it. Oh, I think so too. Some people are more trained to trust it. Like now, you trust yours, so it's going to happen more and more for you probably because you're open to it and you're allowing it to come through, whereas some people have kind of blocked it, and so they're not having those experiences. But I think we're probably all capable of it if we- uh, Oh, definitely. My, my nine-year-old from across the room who's listening in was just like, my gut feeling was right because she actually had an experience just this week that I'd, I'd actually forgotten about because so many weird things have happened recently. Yeah. Uh, but she, I was working and I came home and she'd gone out to play with friends. And we went out looking for her because supper was ready and couldn't find her anywhere. Mm -hmm. And we were looking for over an hour before I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to call her dad and call the police. Like, you know, we've looked all the places that she would normally be. Right. And we were walking down to check at the playground one more time. And as we were almost there, I got a phone call from a number I didn't recognize. And Dahlia was calling me, the one that was missing. She was like, well, okay. I just had a feeling I should call you. Yeah. And like, well, I'm sure glad you did because yeah. this was about to get real awkward for everyone. Yeah. Uh, and you guys had already been there for a couple of hours and yeah. just all of a sudden was like, hmm, I think I should call mom. She probably, you probably had a lot of anxiety and that kind of strong emotion maybe with someone who's that connected with you. I mean, it's a twin connection too, you know, that that's definitely a phenomena. Yeah. I can't really explain it, but twins just, they know, you know, my other twin is in danger, you know, far away, like a remote, oh, yeah. remote sensing. So, and it's the same with the guy that I was spending a lot of time with doing spiritual stuff we we just felt close to each other so i think we were more prone to sensing things in regards to each other and say yeah. my wife uh, or really anyone that i've lived with for long periods of time um it tends to be those types of people where even like i'll just say something and or she'll say something and i was just thinking it but it won't be in the context of what we we're talking about it will be literally completely a random thought there's no reason, but I was thinking it as she said it. We both just had that same, like we we're reading each other's minds. I don't know who started it, but, oh, yeah. you know, and that happens mm -hmm. I find only really with people that I'm spending a lot of time with. I actually just remember I have another mutual dream story. Ooh. Um, yeah. With, uh, it wasn't psychic or so far it hasn't been psychic, but it was with <laughs> old roommate and, um, she told me her dream and then I realized I'd had the same dream. She said that she had a dream that I was in a grocery store filming a music video. I was in a music video. I was like dancing <laughs> in a grocery store. I was like, ah, I totally had that dream. Like not last night, I don't think, but maybe the night before or really recently I had a dream where I was dancing in a grocery store. So it was really similar. That's wildly random. <laughs> random dream. So, <laughs> and we, we had lived together for quite a while. So. We definitely kind of had that thing going where we could pick up beyond each other's stuff. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a really weird one though. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> those aren't really my typical dreams. I've never really had dreams like my dreams are very normal. Like I don't have like cartoon dreams or black and white. They're very much I'm just having random conversations in my everyday life. Nothing surreal is happening. I know some people that have really surreal dreams are like, oh, a zombie attack. I don't. I have very mundane. It's me, like doing dishes, or like I'm, I'm living my normal life in my dreams. I have the most logical brain, so that's why sometimes things stand out to me. I'm like, that was a weird dream. Like, why am I dreaming about Robin Williams on a bus? You know, and, I mean, that was mundane. It wasn't like the most crazy thing out there. Everything was like, you know, like it looked like in the real world. But I, there's a different feeling sometimes. Uh, I've had. Like, handful of psychic kind of dreams in my life and they feel I'm noticing that they feel different when I wake up they're more like vivid and they stick with me longer some of them made me really emotional when I woke up and I like really couldn't shake them and it was just this feeling in my gut this uneasy feeling like this thing is gonna happen you know and then and then it would so they just they they stick a little different than regular dreams it takes a while you have to notice those patterns you know 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, I find the same thing with when I have, you know, one of those feelings that this thing is just going to happen. You know, it's that's very different than me going, huh, wouldn't it be nice if that happened? And yeah. a lot of the time it's completely no. random things that I really don't give a crap if they happen at all. Like yeah. I, the guy from Game of Thrones, lovely person, I'm sure. But I was not like useless you know, a fan or anything. <laughs> no. I, no. again, still don't actually know his name. I'm sure I did at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, but it just came to me and I knew yeah. it was happening. Yeah, no. those are totally useless dreams. I'm like, yeah. okay, I didn't really need to be warned about this. This is fine, but <laughs> yeah. maybe it's just all to build your skills for something more important later. <laughs> yeah, I have had some that have been really important though, like real like warnings where I ended up, one, I kind of was able to, actually two, I was able to sort of save something horrible from happening. Um, I wasn't going to talk much about this one, but I'll mention it because it, but it gets kind of graphic, so I can't go into detail. But I had cervical cancer when I was younger, and I had a dream that led to me discovering that about my cervical cancer. So I'm not going to talk about cervixes like in <laughs> in like long length, but yeah. So I mean, that was an important prophetic dream to have, and I'm not yeah. sure if I would have really caught it anytime soon if I hadn't had that dream because I probably went not you were quite young right you told me that story and I don't think that there's any way you would have actually no I was like until it was too late. yeah I was young and uh I didn't even know what a cervix was so in my dream what I was dreaming about I didn't know what it was I actually thought it was like a tumor because I could actually visually see it mm -hmm. in my dream I was like there's a problem with this it was like literally showing me and I woke up and I <laughs> found that thing and I was like oh my god there's a tumor there actually is a tumor and I went and they're like no that is your cervix that is supposed to be there that's a normal thing but but you do have like cancerous cells around it and and uh, I had to go to an appointment that was exactly like the appointment in my dream it was a really weird like there was video on a screen and every the whole layout was exactly like my dream she was like I don't, my doctor was like I don't know how you would know this because this is not like a pap this is not this is like a special appointment and there's a tv there and stuff but most people don't know about this you have no reason mm. to know about that that's where you would have to go next but yeah so it's a very specific dream and i'm not going to get into specifics here but that was an important one and um there was you have a, a story about a burn too yeah the fire and that was another mm. one that I kind of was able to have something happen in time. I mean, things were definitely on fire, but I had a dream about my friend's like farmhouse. Uh, he didn't live in it. It was like an extra house is empty pretty much, but he was doing some farming in the back. It was like a property that belonged to him, but it was mostly empty, but I had never been there, but I had a dream about this farmhouse and like, I could see the layout. I was in it, you know, and, um, and there were snakes everywhere and we were trying to catch them. I think they're mostly garden snakes. So they weren't like super threatening, but there were hundreds of snakes all over the floor. Like have you ever seen the, the uh, scene from the craft where there's like bugs and snakes and everything. It was like that. Um, just whooping them and trying not to step on them and, and stuff like that. And I, I woke up and I felt really weird about the dream. Like I had that weird feeling like, what does that mean? Like, this is not one of my typical dreams. And I looked up snakes, you know, in like dream dictionary or symbology or whatever. And it said like snakes represent sort of like uh, an emergency, like fire, police or ambulance was the one that I read. Mm -hmm. I, and I uh, talked to my friend who had the farmhouse. I saw ended up seeing him like a day or two later. And I was like, it's weird. I had a dream about like you were in the dream, but mostly it was just like your farmhouse was in the dream. And I was just in there collecting snakes. And he's like, I was like talking about how there were like ply boards everywhere, like just beams of wood on the ground. He's like, can you draw it? Cause that, I mean, that sounds like my farmhouse. It's just, there's just pieces of wood in it. There's nothing else in it. And I'm like, yeah, it was empty. And I literally drew a layout of it, like a blueprint of, I was like, yeah, you walk in, the, the stairs are here. There's the hallway. There's this room here. He was like, that is exactly what my farmhouse is. That's exactly how it's laid out. And it just has wooden beams in it exactly what you're describing all white walls all that is accurate and you've never been there I'm like yeah so I don't know I looked up what snakes mean and means like an emergency you know so I don't know if it means anything but I don't know why I was dreaming but your front house feels a little weird you know he was like well I wasn't gonna go up there this weekend but maybe I'll go up there just to check on things because I've got some plants there and you know some plants you know you know what I mean <laughs> and um he ended up going up and they were on fire. His plants were on fire. Someone had like arson, wow. arson, arson, which is a common thing in 
maybe the police, I don't know, do that. They just kind of ruin other people's crops. But uh, yeah, and he was able to save some of them because oh, wow. burning out a little bit, you know, he cooked some of the outskirts still saved. So he, he called me and he was like, that's crazy. Like I got here and there was like literally a fire happening. So <laughs> I don't know how you could have, I wasn't going to go there this weekend. And because of your dream, I went, this would have all been gone. My whole backyard would have been all burned if I hadn't gone this weekend. I'm like, crazy. I don't know why I was chosen to save your weed, but you're <laughs> <laughs> important, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're like, what's my character to that? Why me? But like, I, maybe I was the only one receptive to that. Maybe the universe didn't want his weed gone. So, <laughs> <laughs> or you just want the whole property down. Went down. You know, that's fine. Give the message to Taylor. She'll get it. Like, it's strange. Uh. So, so my, my audience is over here telling me I should tell the cat story, but I'm going to save that one for last because it is my favorite and most recent. Uh, but I'm going to tell you another story that you haven't heard yet. Yeah. That is also still in progress, but it's okay. kind of a funny, um, kind of a funny story about intuition. So maybe a month or so ago, uh, Adam and I started watching a show that had been recommended to us a couple of times called Last One Laughing. Have you heard of that show? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Yeah. So for anyone who hasn't, a bunch of Canadian comedians, although there are versions of it in other countries, but in this case, a bunch of Canadian comedians thrown into a room for six hours and they have to try to make each other laugh. Last one to smile or laugh yeah. is, the, is the ultimate winner. the British version of it, which yeah. is just so ridiculous and this one is absurd too don't get me wrong so one of the one of the comedians on this show is tom green now of course i've like i've seen tom green and things you know in the 90s is yeah. you know road trip or you know, stealing harvard or whatever yeah. uh, which i'd completely forgotten that those existed up until i went to look up tom green but anyways uh for some reason i was watching this show and i was like huh i'm supposed to know tom green for some reason like there's a reason we're supposed to meet Okay. which like my mother hates Tom Green <laughs> like, not as like a person or anything don't, <laughs> she doesn't know him uh, but like not a fan of you know his style of comedy so yeah. even deep in my mind because of that you know I've got it in my head that I don't really like Tom Green but still my my brain is telling me you know what you're supposed to meet Tom Green yeah so I I mentioned this at some point you know in a room of friends and one of my friends is a comedian I was like oh actually you know what I might have the contacts to make that happen if you'd like like you could probably i could probably set up a meeting and so i said well yes but i also don't feel like it's the exact right time just yet like it's almost time okay but it's not time for me to meet tom green yeah. right now <laughs> yeah so then a couple weeks later we figured out that we were like literally going to be in the same space on the same night so i said okay well you know what fine that that's my sign go yeah. ahead and see if you can set up a meeting yeah the next day, I'm sitting on the coach ta talking to one of my kids, and I got a call from an unfamiliar number. But right now, I'm, I'm helping with exams for the Royal Conservatory of Music, so I figured it might be an exam candidate. I better pick it up because it could be someone asking a question, even though it's a little late, you know? So I answered and heard on the other end, oh, hi, Sarah. Uh, this is Tom Green. Like, all right, hi, and thanks for calling. I assume Jen sent you, and uh, so we were you know, chatting a little bit. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I just got to Ottawa and I have a few questions for you. Like, Great. So this guy starts asking me a bunch of questions that all make absolutely no contextual sense. And I was like, this is really absurd, but I guess that is very Tom Green. So maybe I'll just yeah, keep listening and see how this pans out. Okay. So after about five minutes, I realize, wait a minute, this is in fact Tom Green but it is not the Tom Green I'm looking for. <laughs> the examiner for the conservatory exams this week yeah. is also named Tom Green. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think that is my sign that if I'm going to like manifest things, I better be a little more specific. Yeah, the universe does do that sometimes. I've heard of a lot of like my, you know, witchier friends doing, you know, like a spell for money and then like a cat named money will show up at their door. Yeah, like, yeah you have to be really specific with your visualization and your you know i mean i don't know how much i prescribe to manifestation necessarily i think there's a lot that has to be at play for things to 
come to fruition, like certain, you know, social structures and privileges and stuff. But, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I don't know. Things can be tricky, not specific. Maybe uh, I I view the universe kind of as a big computer and you're just inputting and outputting data and it's not going to be like, Oh, I think she means this, you know, because I don't really believe personally in like an intelligent being who's like got the ability to look into nuance like that. I think you're literally coding, you know, Yeah. which is in, you know, the form of symbology that our brains use. So yeah, if you weren't fully picturing Tom Green, then. I mean, I I still, still think I have work to do with Tom Green. I don't know what it is. Yeah. We're supposed to collaborate on something. Yeah. Um, But it was an amusing stop along the road. And the other Tom Green got a a kick out of that story too. So. The other Tom Green, the celebrity Tom Green is Canadian. He is. And I actually found out like, so I had, I knew nothing about Tom Green when I suddenly decided that there was a reason we were supposed to meet. Uh, But I found out after that, he actually lives quite close by now. He has moved back to this area um also he had a travel show and you know i also have a travel show so like there's an interesting connection uh, we write for that beer blog uh that beer thing.ca and he also has a beer that bows brews so like we there are a lot of there's a lot of interconnectivity and then i, I posted this story on facebook because i thought it was funny you know the the tom green mishap yeah. uh, and uh a whole bunch of people on that I'm friends with, we're like, oh yeah, you know, I know him because of this, and I know him because of yeah. this, and oh, you know, I could probably put you in touch. And it's kind of funny I've heard that of him being kind of local. I think it's yeah. just, there's a few people in you know in the Ottawa area that are like that, like uh, Kenny and Spenny. You know, a lot of people know them. Yeah. Trailer Park Boys. A lot of my friends know them. Like the, the Wildcrats. Do you know? <laughs> you know the Crack Brothers? Yeah, they're in Ottawa too. Really? Yeah. Oh, I love them. <laughs> yeah. I follow them on TikTok because they still have like crats, you know, like creatures yeah. going on. Yeah, last I heard they were they were also living in the Ottawa area. So oh, that's cool. Yeah. Make my childhood dreams come true. Right? Yeah. I I some of our homeschool friends have just run into them out hiking and stuff. Yeah. Like, yes, ever. I had no idea they were like well, yeah, because YTV is Canadian. I mean that growing mm. up that was all Canadian. Interesting. Is it a cat? Sounds like no, a it's a child opening a giant thing of salad. <laughs> <laughs> because now is definitely the time for that. Uh, <laughs> it is healthy. I can't complain. Okay, so tell me another story, Taylor. I know you have tons. Yeah, well, the most relevant one I think is it leads into how I got into the paranormal team kind of community. Not this team, obviously, but years back when I was part of the team as with before creating my own this is like the incident that led up to it and you've probably you've probably heard it um probably said it on camera at some point i think i said it when we were live streaming at our training investigation but um i don't think i went into like a lot of detail but i was living in this old downtown house when i was really young like 16 17 i was living with like a, a boyfriend at the time and his family and that was his family home and um how did it start i don't know we just over the course of me living there i just felt weird i felt like angry i'm like never been an angry person like i'm like the just chillest person i was never feel anger and i just had a lot of anger in that house we fought a lot and but we'd be out of the house and we'd be totally different I had a ton of anxiety. Like I just, something just felt really heavy and dark in the house. So that was like, I think kind of where it really like started, but um, we started actually like hearing things and stuff coming from his basement and like no one ever went in the basement. It was strictly just like storage. No one used the basement for anything. So um, we started using the basement because he was building something and he made his little station at this little work table in the basement. So he was the only one going down there. And sometimes I would join him, but um so that's when we started noticing things is when we spent more time down there um just little noises at first sometimes things falling you know, like what was that you know 
And uh, sometimes the living room, which was right at the top of the basement stairs, sometimes the TV would turn on in the middle of the night in the living room, like blaring loud. And so sometimes things near the basement door would also happen, like just in that kind of room area that we always thought was kind of weird. But um, there were a few incidents in the basement that creeped us out. We like heard a hand, I heard a hand scratching at the back of a, a wall, like on some unfinished drywall. And I looked up and I thought I saw the hand sort of move and, and my boyfriend was super far away in the in the basement, like in a crawl space. So it wasn't him. We had like a saw drop off a shelf when we were looking for it. Like, where's the saw? And it just dropped right in front of us. Like weird things like that. And that's when I started getting like these warning dreams. Um, actually, I think I got the warning dreams before a lot of this was happening, but just when I was feeling really weird about the house. But I was having these dreams about I'd be standing on the street looking at the house and then everything would go from color to like black and white, but like dark horror story, kind of really dark black and white. And it would get gloomy, you know, like it would feel kind of rainy and there would just be this doom feeling. And there'd kind of be a voice just being like, there's a dark entity in this house. Like it would just be telling me this. I'd be staring at this house and it just looked so sinister. And I just had this horrible feeling. And I had another dream um, where there was like a, uh, I don't remember the details of the dream now, but there was some sort of spirit that identified himself as being in the house named Patrick. And then we kind of, you know, started experiencing more and more things and eventually started investigating. I had like an MP3 player and I was like, what if we just go sit down there in the dark and start recording, you know? And, and um, so we were asking questions and, and uh, went back up and started listening back to things. And I, we had asked, what's your name, you know? And, and someone super clearly said, it's Patrick, like into the speaker. And we got a lot of different responses. We had like swearing and we had a, a whole voice, like vocal tone of like a man being like, even I don't present and like interrupting me. And I was like, show yourself. So anyways, we got, you know, the name confirmed for my dream and, and I just, yeah, I was being warned about this house before I even really knew what was going on. And the more and more we looked into it, the more stuff started happening and things were dark too. Like I haven't really experienced a lot of dark. I've been on a lot of investigations, you know, with that old team because that house led me to start looking for paranormal teams and, and answers and stuff, you know, about what I was experiencing, but going on lots of investigations. I've been in a lot of spots, but none of them really like, not a lot of them felt really dark, but that place, you know, had a dark feeling like my dreams had sort of been warning me. Like, And the spirits on the EVPs, you know, they were pretty like aggressive. They were like swearing and like, oh. you know, they seemed mad that we were like acknowledging them. Um, so yeah, that was just a weird, uh, it was like a warning, I guess. And, uh, I mean, it's hard to say whether it came true because I can't prove the truth of those spirits necessarily. But I mean, what we heard on those recordings, I can't really explain because no one was talking at the time and they're very clear. I mean, you, you go into the audio software, um, like Audacity, I think we were using, and you can see it's got its own wavelength. You know, you can even pull out the vocal tone. You could put it on a chart of you know, it's a, it's a, it's an older male and it doesn't match Reese's vocal tones. You can literally compare things side by side on those types of software. <laughs> it had its own trademark. So we have no idea what that would have come from. And it's, you can slow down the syllables. You can literally hear Patrick, you know, and I had already told him about my dream before that. So it wasn't like a false memory that, you know, implanted. I had already yeah. talked about the dream before that had happened. Um, and I don't know, I've always had a weird feeling that maybe it was Patrick Whalen, but oh. I, you know, from the Ottawa jail hostel. Yep. He was uh, falsely accused of murder and hung there and he haunts the Ottawa jail. Uh, this place was not as close as I currently am to the Ottawa jail, but it was still in the downtown area. I don't know why he would have been in my, in <laughs> I don't know. I was in the basement. Weird feeling that it was Patrick Whalen, but. Funny, the, uh, the adventure drives that we do, uh, the ghost adventure drives here in Ottawa, the story is about Patrick Whelan. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's kind of our ghost celebrity here, you know, because he was, uh, well, he went down for the murder of a celebrity, right? Darcy McGee, well, not celebrity, yeah. but a politician, a really important yeah. guy, Darcy McGee, and the pretty sure that he didn't actually kill Darcy McGee. He's kind of a scapegoat, I guess, because they really wanted to put a name for some justice, and he got hung. Yep. 
but well, he maintained his innocence all the way to the end. And uh, yeah, well, we we actually refused in our adventure to capture his ghost because we were like, nah, this guy's clearly innocent. Sorry, yeah, he can stay free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's had enough. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's we're not capturing him forever. He was clearly innocent. And he might even still be stuck at the jail in his purgatory, which sucks, you know? Yeah. Imagine, like, spending time in a jail for a, something you didn't do, and then you die, and you still have to be in that jail. It's like... That's pretty yeah. unfortunate, really. Yeah, that's uh, sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Ottawa jail is a cool uh, cool place. I've had I've a... never been there, you know? No? Like, at all. Ever. Oh, you try and get in there. It's Isn't that crazy. A little pricey, um, but mm. we can maybe uh, they've also changed organizers because we used to I used to have a pretty good relationship with the organizers there, and I think there's someone new that's taken over. So I'm not super familiar with them, but we could probably uh, try to build. Yeah, I've heard lots of interesting stories from there, but I've never I've never been in there at any time, like during the day, during the night, on a ghost tour, like any of the things that they do. Yeah, somehow have never. Been there. Time in there. That that's the place where I spend the most time. I think I've had five separate investigations there for oh, entire wow. weekends. Overnight, two overnights. About ten nights I've probably spent there in death row. Always in Patrick Whalen's cell. I've slept in the cell. Oh wow! Yeah, where he was in, in on death row and solitary confinement and stuff. So I've had a lot of experiences there. Um, yeah, some of them I like have reservations like oh maybe explain that i don't know they're, they're not like crazy but somewhere i'm like it's pretty pretty compelling i don't think i could explain it definitely had some and tons of people have experienced things there you have to think like not all of these people could be having sleep paralysis or whatever you know <laughs> even from the tour guides to the staff to the people who are there all the time you know they have People getting locked in cells and mm -hmm. slamming, and we experienced doors and windows slamming. I saw something. It's the only time I've ever seen a visual. I saw like a black, like a, literally a cloud, and it was pacing back and forth in a cell. And mm -hmm. someone else was with me, and she saw it too. We were literally following it with our finger. And I was making sure that I wasn't saying anything to lead what she was saying. I was waiting, and she would say, "Oh, it's over there." I'd be like, it is over there. Like I was. No, I wasn't saying too much because I wanted to know if we actually were seeing the same thing and not influencing each other. And we were. And she was going to say, it's it's disappeared. And I had just been thinking, like, I don't think I can see it anymore. It dissipated. So we were definitely seeing the same thing. It was this really dark mist in a cell. And it was pacing like a person would, I guess. Like, you'd be probably pacing in a cell. So it was weird. I, I it's nice to have there. someone there with you. I have definitely had a couple of experiences in my life where... And some fairly recently where I've gone, if I didn't have other people with me right now telling me what they were seeing, I'd probably be going to check myself in somewhere. <laughs> you know? I'm always scared of that. I have some schizophrenia in my family. And so I'm always very like self-aware. I'm like on myself all the time. Like, was this a normal behavior? Was this, you know, <laughs> so yeah, this type of work, it freaks me out a little bit. I don't have any symptoms and I never have, but it, it's it's touchy, you know, to be dabbling in this type of stuff. Yeah. You eventually activate something, but I always make sure that we travel in pairs and it's not just for safety, but a lot of it's for validation. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, for a lot of different reasons, but we don't really go off completely alone and, or we won't be in the, in the future, you know? Um, yeah, it definitely helps to have that corroboration. Otherwise, yeah, what's, how could you possibly prove that you didn't hallucinate it, right? But it's way more common for someone to have a hallucination than to see a ghost, theoretically, you know. It'd be way more reasonable. <laughs> People hallucinate for all kinds of reasons. You could have just a brief psychosis for no reason. You could just be sleep deprived, which we absolutely are on oh, yeah. So yeah, it's important. But I've a lot of the experiences I've had have happened in front of a lot of people and we've all seen or heard the same thing. So those are the ones that really stick with me. So I'm like, we all experience that. You know, and none of us can explain it. Yeah. So know. a lot of your sort of precognition or whatever we want to call it, gut feelings, intuition, ha has led to, you know, somewhat important things. Yes. Uh, most of mine, like, you know, like the Hodor story, very mundane. Like there was no purpose for that except to show me to trust my gut, maybe. Right. Um, 
Yeah. But the the most recent one, which was the one that I wrote about, yeah, was more of a like, you know, this actually accomplished some good kind of thing, which is always yeah. nice. Yeah. So I I've often, you know, I'll meet people and just for no real reason be have this feeling like I'm supposed to know this person. Yeah. That's yeah. actually how I met Adam. Uh, I was, I went to a Walmart, you know, half of my life ago with my mother to buy exercise videos. And he was the one that helped us. He was working at Walmart in the electronics department. And, uh, I just had this overwhelming feeling like I'm supposed to know this person. This person is supposed to be in my life now. Like I had a boyfriend at the time. It wasn't even that sort of thing. It was just, I, there's a reason we're supposed to be friends. Mm -hmm. So I left and it drove me crazy for days. Yeah. So eventually I went back and... (laughs) Just, you know, basically did the five-year-old in the playground thing. Like, hi, I'm Sarah. Want to be my friend? But I did explain what had happened. And I'm very upfront about things when I talk to people. Uh, So, you know, that worked out well. Uh, There you go. People want to know. Or husband? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like we were friends then and then lost lost touch for years. And then, you know, sort of looped back around to each other. But uh I I recently was on set for a movie and there was a crew member there where like normally I wouldn't, you know, try to forge friendships while on while at work, right? Yeah. But I it was just like a, you know, have to know this person. And by the end of the evening, uh, because he had taken some behind the, the scenes photos and uh we ended up adding each other to Facebook. And the the next day he was he was very sad because he'd lost his cat recently his cat got out and the neighbor found the cat's collar and a tuft of fur they were ever and heard the cat fight so they everyone was pretty convinced that cat was long gone Mm. and he you know spent his day grieving his lost cat and finding dandy so that was that was on a sunday on monday i went to drive to pick my my kids up from visiting their dad he's in Embrun, and i this this new friend messaged me because he had a documentary he was working on and wanted to talk to me about it and i said well i i'm driving right now so just call me which i don't normally do either (laughs) because who calls people but anyway so but i was driving so he we talked for a couple of minutes and then he said something but oh yeah you know when i moved to Embrun recently are you freaking kidding me like i'm literally driving in Embrun right now like yeah driving in Everett as we speak. It's not like a common place either. Yeah. Far removed. Right? So he said, oh, well, you know, just like pick up coffee and we can finish our conversation in person. So I went and picked up the kids, got some coffee and uh, and went over to chat. And somehow, as soon as we walked in, the first thing that came up was the cat. And so I explained to the kids, oh yeah, you know, he lost his cat recently. And one of the girls said, wait a minute, what kind of cat? And he said, a dead one. <laughs> they were like, no, no. Like, seriously, though, like, what does the cat look like? Yeah. And so he started to describe this cat. And both of the children looked at each other like, what the actual fuck? <laughs> you know, like, just they, the look on their faces. They're like, okay, so there's an orange cat, just like the one you're describing, yeah. on my dad's porch right now. Or at least it was there like a half hour ago. And... The, the weirdest part of this is their dad had come in like he was already late for work. He came in after he, he let out the door, saw the cat, came back in, gathered everyone to just be like, just so everyone knows there's an orange cat on the porch. Like mm-hmm. cats hang around their place all the time. Like there's mm-hmm. no reason to do that. But anyways, so even so, this is obviously not going to be his cat, right? Like the cat disappeared yeah. days ago. It's, you know, it was seen last in that space like over an hour ago. And the chances of it being the same cat are slim. The chances of it being the same cat and still there are like, yeah, so many variables. Yeah, but he was like, okay, well, how close is it? Like, should we run? Should we walk? Should we drive? Like, what's fastest? Yeah. yeah. We drove up. I don't think I even had stopped the van. He jumped out to try to run to see if the cat was still on the porch. And it was his freaking cat. Yeah. Like, the the number of, I mean, I'm, I'm not even giving all the details, obviously, but the number of things that had to align yeah. for that cat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so for that cat to then just oh. be there, right? Yeah. It, it was it was crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. crazy. So, I mean, if if nothing else, I will continue 
trusting my gut because maybe it will lead to something good. And the funniest part of that is like I, the two weeks prior to that, I live my life being awfully nice to, to everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I have this sincere hope that just putting out enough love and goodness into the world will then trickle down and slowly weight the yeah. world toward love instead of hate. Uh, but I'd, I'd spent two weeks sincerely questioning whether me just being all love and goodness all the time was ever going to make any measurable impact mm. or if it was just going to keep screwing me over constantly. You know? So, I see. and then this happened. It was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a, uh, and that's all you need sometimes just that small thing kind of makes it all worth it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's the butterfly effect. So I'm sure you being the change that you want to see, it changes the world in a million little ways that you'll never get to know. Unfortunately, that just, it just does, you know, it's contagious. Kindness is contagious. It's like when people think like, when people say like, oh, you know, my individual, like this little thing that I'm doing, it's not going to change this huge world. And then you hear that same person like talking about like, oh, if I went back in time, like I wouldn't change anything because it would like, like change history forever. Like I wouldn't kill Hitler or, but I wouldn't even like, you know, change anything about history if they had like a time machine you know what i mean yeah was it you that i was talking to about this last week i don't maybe because i don't we don't really like have phone conversations but i was literally just having this conversation with someone like a week ago yeah yeah exactly like if you think that going back in time you're going to do one tiny thing and change the whole entire world what would make you think that doing things right now won't change the world for the better in the future right yeah. Oh, did someone just bring you ice cream? <laughs> the ice cream truck. I don't know if you heard it, but <laughs> my wife ran after that. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I was like running. Yeah! <laughs> Wrap up ice cream. That's fantastic. It always comes so late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is really late for the ice cream truck. Come to think of it, isn't it? Like, <laughs> you already have like five customers. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Eat it all. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think not to be cliche, but like a lot of things happen for a reason, you know, mm-hmm. some of those prophecies or whatever that you had, they're maybe not uh, to help someone else, but just to help you trust your gut. It's just a little yeah. like when I asked for a psychic dream from the universe and I got that random ass Robin Williams dream. That was just for me to know. It was just the universe being like, here you go. Like, it's just, it's their own little language. It doesn't have to mean anything big, but it was yeah. enough for me to then know, it was huge, actually, because it just showed me I am still connected, you know? It was Everything's just connected. We're all connected to everything. Yeah. You just have to see those connections and lean into it, I think. Yeah, yeah. Any way that you look at it, scientifically, spiritually, or whatever, there there is a, a, a web of happenings. <laughs> there are just entanglements of coincidences and cross paths and serendipities and all of these things and I'm sure a lot of it can be explained by science but like um can we predict those things well clearly we can because we literally have and so have like millions of other humans so uh, you know why we can or why some can more than others or how we measure that or how we do it on command those are much harder are most psychics frauds yeah I kind of think that probably a big chunk of them are I also happen to believe, though, that they're not consciously frauds, but that a lot of them don't have bad intentions. I think that humans are prone to the Barnum effect, which is us identifying with things personality-wise that are really actually just broad. They're not really about us. It's just our ego. So I think a lot of people think they're psychic because there's something innately in them that really wants to sort of feel special so they make a whole career out of this when really they're they're not doing psychic things all day long for people they're probably having a few psychic things in their lives happen like anyone else but you know are they really telling your future when you go and pay them eighty dollars i don't know i don't know how much how common it is for people to be able to do that on command like that you know we should test it we should but any psychics out there we got any psychics any mediums come come see us and we'll 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 put it to the test yeah i know kyle has a psychic that he's really he swears by he's like she's given me notes before investigations and 
and they've always been like something's always happened in that area and like yeah he swears by her so and he said that she is willing to get like tested and stuff interesting offended by us being like okay well, we're gonna put you to the test because that's That'd be a good podcast we're gonna do yeah <laughs> So I know we're wrapping, but I do have a question for you. I'm kind of curious. Yeah. You, you've had all of these experiences over the years, both in, you know, investigations and your own personal experiences. Do you keep like a log, like a journal of all of the interesting things that happen? I've been thinking of doing that. I've also just been thinking of maybe making a YouTube video or something where I doc just documented like a vocal diary. Yeah. I bits and little places because I was keeping a dream diary for a while. Um, which was a weird experience. <laughs> if you ever want to see like the insides of your brain, <laughs> but so, when you start remembering all your dreams, you realize like what kind of chaos is going on in there. But so there were a couple, I think of my second dreams that were captured in that dream diary. Um, but other than that, no, I've just kind of vocally, like I told people about some of my experiences. You're going to want a record of that later. You should do I know, it. I, I should like centralize it all in one place. Yeah. That's sort of what this is doing, but even this is not enough time to go through all the experiences that I've had. Yeah, of course. Those are mainly dreams, but I've had weird synchronicities too, you know? There were some, yeah, for another time, but... The world is full of them. <laughs> yeah, weird, weird ways that things line up, and yeah, it would be cool to document it all in one place. I think that I would probably be surprised to see how much there really is when you, you lay it out like that. Yeah. Maybe I'll write a, I was going to write a blog about it too, actually, at some point. There you go. Yeah. 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 And the more you pay attention to it, sometimes the more it happens too. So that's that kind of tuning in. Oh yeah. And I think everyone has that sort of intuition. Just not everybody listens to it, which is yeah. fine. I mean, it yeah. is a little freaky to be honest. Yeah. yeah. So. I'm so jaded. Society tells you like, oh, like it's just so logical, you know, minded. We're taught to dismiss things like that you know and not really trust our gut <laughs> yeah stick to the basics yeah yeah but once it happens a few times i think you start to trust a bit more i definitely and i start to recognize the way those dreams feel different than other dreams now i start to know myself better right but um yeah i'd love to hear like other people's experiences like uh like our viewers and stuff they, yes definitely i think that would really be a fun a fun podcast someday is just bring on a few different people that have had other yeah. similar experiences just to yeah. see how it how it feels to other people you know yeah and everyone can brainstorm or maybe try to explain yeah. explain them and troubleshoot you know maybe it could have been this or maybe Whoa. this you know you know what we should do is we should get a couple of people who have distinct experiences like this and get our cognitive scientist on from our team yeah. to sort of analyze where the like what what could explain these phenomena yeah i've always wanted to just dump these stories on a scientist's lap and be like tell me tell me why this happened tell me how you can explain this you know yeah so i handed over to them like here take this and just tell me what <laughs> how do you explain this you know what tools do you have what what do you think it's closest to what do you relate it to because i have mm -hmm. no idea where to begin with these experiences yeah and i'm super scientific minded i just those are the weird things that just sit in my brain. Like, I have no idea what to do with these. These don't fit into uh, most of the things that I know. I think it makes it more fun for me because I'm so logical and analytical when something yeah. comes up that I have trouble explaining. And I, yeah. I certainly try. Challenge. Uh, it's, like I, it's almost more intriguing that I can't come up with any explanation because I'm so logical. Same. That's the whole reason I started this team. <laughs> That's how I, how I am too. I like that things are challenging me because I there's a part of me that just naturally thinks that everything is science, but then there are these little things that fight me on that. I'm like, what is this? You know, like like my three or four year old said uh, many years ago that all magic is just science we haven't figured out yet, right? So nailed it. <laughs> Wise Ooh. little person. Yeah. yeah, sometimes because they're not jaded yet. So like, yep. it's very simple. This is how it is. So like, are you dumb? Like, how'd you miss that? And you're Those like, are oh, that's so wise. <laughs> Crazy. Well, I'd love to hear people's stories down below. And yeah, maybe we'll do more of these episodes. We can get the rest of our stories out and we can compare, take some viewer stories, talk with our There's so much to explore. We can test things, get some psychics. Yeah, that I think is going to be very interesting. 
So yeah. Thank you so much for having me on today. This was fun. Yeah. I like I like storytelling. Me too. Me too. I love I like the casual podcasts are, you know, can be casual sometimes. It just feels oh, yeah. like it's like a talk show, you know, it's just it's good vibes. So yeah. Thanks for joining me. All right. You have a good day. See you all next month. See you soon. <laughs>